0: This is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about connections, international business, supply chains, and globalization, and the effects these developments have had on our life, our work, and our travel over recent times. Today on the show, we will be talking to Bernard Hoare, founder and group CEO of the Hatio Group, who joins us from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. The Hatio Group is a technology business based originally in South Korea, specializing in digital warehousing and network distribution. Uh, Since 2012, Hatio has a proven track record of envisioning and delivering major transformational change, cost reduction and operational improvement programs. And at Hatio, uh, Bernard currently leads a strong team of software engineers, project managers, designers uh, on large scale digital transformation projects in the telecommunications, healthcare, supply chain and logistics industry. So thank you very much, Bernard, for being here with us today. You're very welcome.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. How's it going for you? Very well, very well, and you're very
0: welcome. So maybe just to uh, kick off, Bernard, could you tell me in overview about your career to date, particularly uh, the international aspect, and how did you come to be where you are now as CEO of a of a technology business?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, so, so I guess, I guess. Um... Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, how how did how did I come to um, the technology business, and eventually, how do I come to the supply chain and logistics space, right? Uh, and and my my simple answer has always been, you know, um, very humbly, logistics and supply chain found me. You know, um, I, I, am I'm, I'm a marketer. Um, I, my, my base is, uh, basically in communications, uh, and, uh, I started, uh, in fact, I started as, uh, young as, uh, when I was 21, um, and, uh, you know, um, in PR and events management. Um, and then I eventually got moved into corporate comms. Um, and we were basically designing, uh, you know corporate communications programs um, and projects uh, for for uh, public listed companies, um, and one thing led to another, and I think we were. Very much um, pushed by the market uh, changes, um, and you know, um, as things get more and more digitalized over at this part of the world, um, and that's where that's where the opportunity came by uh, for us to pivot ourselves, our business model into the um, digital part, right in technology, and 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 it was really as simple as. Um, it's as simple as um, uh, 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 web development, and, and then of course eventually you know the the whole mobile app uh, thing boomed, um, and it was at that point in time. Um, and we I remember at one point in time um, we had a a problem with uh, talents, you know, um, because as you know in Asia, especially in this, in this part of the world in Southeast Asia, there's a lot of uh, unicorns, right? The Grabs and you know the Lazadas and all that, and and they were grabbing, you know, they were paying good money to all the software engineers. Right. So, so we, so left, um, small, medium, uh, SMEs like us. And, and, we're like, you know, where, where do we get these talents? And, and that pushes us to, um, uh, our first acquisition in Vietnam. Um, and, and that's where we, we, I remember going, booking a flight ticket. You know, I was telling my partner, um, as we were scratching our heads, how do we solve this, these problems of software engineers, you know, um, getting the right talents to work on stuff, right? So, so we say, hey, let's book our first ticket out to Vietnam to, uh, to I remember it was to Saigon, to Ho Chi Minh City. um, And, and we didn't even know who to meet there, right? Um, and, and it was really going in there and we Google, right? We just Google top 10 mobile development companies. In, in saigon <laughs> and there's this like this these guys right uh, these are the top 10 the companies that you're, so you so you that you should meet and uh, we, we contacted a couple of them and uh, very quickly and, and and this is one thing i learned about and this is one thing i i learned and i strongly believe in is it's all about the relationships right mm-hmm. um and and even in a, in, a, in a, and it's all about the culture right and how, how how you how you how you make relationship matters so so we quickly became very good friends to the vietnamese uh, i remember gabriel tuan um and we we became really Really good friends. And it was the following day in uh, day two in Saigon. They're like, hey, come to office, you know, um, let, let us host you. And yeah, that, that was a long story short. Um, we A couple of months later, we acquired these guys uh, and we, we became their co-founders and partners. And here you go, you know, um, all all of a sudden we're like, hey, I'm a I'm a full-fledged technology business owner, and and we have a setup down in Vietnam, right? <laughs> and and then the projects grew. Uh, we 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 kept we were capturing more and more digital transformation um, because at that time Southeast Asia, um, especially uh, when I, where I was in Malaysia, it was really going through a fast pace of change as far as digital is concerned, right? Um, and and one thing led to another, um, you know, and and the whole whole interlink, right, uh, of how we Eventually, uh, started working on a project with with, with, with Korea with a Korean company, um, and that is the thing that led me to my connection uh, with 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 Korea, right? Um, and 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 then we started again. It was all about the relationships, people we meet, um, um, companies we connected with, um, and one thing led to another. Um, and it was really in one of those uh, trips that I have with my family in Korea. Um, and of course, through, 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 through my, through a couple of friends, through a couple of my Korean friends, um, and we connected to each other. And, and, and that's where I met my co-founders, uh, of Hatio, right. Um, at that time, uh, and that's, that's how, that's how, that's how we started. Um, and, and, uh, and uh, fast track to 28, 2017, 2018, um, the leadership of Hatio says, Hey, look, you know, um, let's. I think it's time because we, we were having good we were having good traction. We we're having good fun in 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 South Korea with CJ Logistics, with Amore Pacific, um, um, with iHerb.com. You know, setting up their, their APEC regional distribution hub. Um, we were even doing. Uh, we were even uh, working with Lazada, uh, the Lazada Group uh, in in Shenzhen, op, um, kind of like optimizing all their consolidation centers down in Shenzhen. Um, and then it was really in twenty eighteen. The leadership decided, "Hey, you know what? It's time to get out of the comfort zone, right? And let's let's go into a new region." So, so I'm the Southeast Asian kid, uh, very naturally. Uh, they like let's go there, right? And at that time, there was like a huge, huge, um, you know, push uh, by the South Korean government to 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 help uh, South Korean businesses uh, expand to Southeast Asia. So there I was. Uh, which is why I always say logistics found me. I really believe logistics found me. Um, technology found me first, and then it was connected to logistics and supply chain. And here I am. Um, with you're very home. you're back
0: home in Malaysia.
1: I'm back <laughs> home. Yeah, I'm back home. Um, you know, in my card, in my business card, um, I have my Korean name, right? It's a direct translation from my my, 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 my Chinese name, right? So so I have a, I have a Korean name and, and and it's it's work wonders, you know, um, in terms of a conversation startup, and because the way that we look. So when we're in Korea, um, people are like, oh hey, you're a Southeast Asian guy, right? And when we come back to Southeast Asia, uh, where I am right now in Kuala Lumpur or Singapore and Vietnam, and every time I, I I share my business card and there's there's a Korean name called Yong Jae, right? And then look at me, you Korean, you know? <laughs> like yeah. And it's a good conversation starter. So it's been it's been a good journey. It's been a good journey, very fun. Um, you know, um, going all over. But, and and really, that's the one key thing I learned really is about. It's it's all it's really all about the culture and 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 the people what you are, connect. What, and, what are uh, the
0: uh, cultural differences um, between, um, say, you as a, as a as a Malaysian, are you Chinese Malaysian, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. and and then say Korean or mainland China. So what are the distinctions that maybe Westerners would not necessarily pick up on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're very really different, right? Um, so okay, so key key fact number one is this, right? Um, the Chinese in Malaysia, the, the Malaysian Chinese, um, uh, most of the time or rather all the time, we we are a prouder Malaysian and, and we, we don't really call ourselves Chinese. We're just Malaysian, right? And Malaysian is, you know, it's multi-ethnic and, and multi-race, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and the mainland Chinese is like the super loyal Chinese factor, right? Um, with China, with China, right? Um, they're China, they're not Chinese, they're China, right? So, 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 so that's that's one, right? Um, I, I I although I'm not, I I I've never really had the opportunity to really have um immerse, to immerse myself in in the China culture before. But I, I can I can tell you, however, in in Korea, right? Um, it's, I guess I guess the the culture really where where it's different from is because number one, you know, um and, and and I always love this part of the Korean story, right? How how they, they 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 got out from the war, right, between the south and the north. Um, they, they weren't really an advanced nation, you know. And and if you look at at, at if you actually looked at the the Samsung the, the, the Samsung story, right? Um, how Samsung actually started as, as as a mini market, right? Um and it's it's not even television or mobile phones of what we looked at Samsung today, right? And smartphones and all that. So so and 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 the and the motivation, the the, the, the inspiration behind Samsung's story of You know the 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 reason why they started Samsung and why they grow Samsung is to basically help save a country, right? And and look and look at where where they've where they've come from, right? Uh, You know, um, and where where they get to today, right? Which is really, you know, um, they they're one of the very few advanced nation in Asia. Right, um, Malaysia probably achieved their independence uh uh, many years longer than than where they are, but look at where they are today, right, with Kia, Hyundai, um, LG, and the likes that you have, right? Um, so, 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 really, it's it's, it's where, and that's where I find it really interesting, you know, um, and and that has basically driven the behavior of of, of the people, of the people, um, whether it's Koreans or whether it's Malaysians, um, and that has also, uh, you know, I, I don't like to say that. Koreans are more cultured people. I think everybody has their own culture and we should respect it. But uh, the the fact that I have the privilege um, to live and immersed in these two different set of cultures, um, I, I guess it has pro- sort of in a lot of ways uh, made me a very hybrid Culture kind of kid, right? Like, yeah. So, so even here, even here, when we expand to Southeast Asia, the one very interesting thing here is that when we expanded into this region, the one, the first thing, in fact, the first thing that we told ourselves, you know, we um, among my co-founders, was we got to keep and we got to preserve um, the, the, the 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 strong culture that we have brought uh, and put together when we are operating out in South Korea, right? Um, um, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of uh, you know respect you know the the, the the respect beat, you know um um how to stay respectful at the same time stand firm <laughs> you know that's one of the hardest things like right it has
0: broadened your your, your mind yeah. so maybe maybe i'll ask you about you you describe hatio as a digital supply chain platform so could you explain to us in simple terms what that is and and how it works sure uh,
1: so and, uh, it's basically a cloud. So what, what we do is that we run a cloud supply chain platform, right? Uh, where we started really was, and it's and it's and it's really thanks to Southeast Asia, right? In South Korea, we were all about warehouse controls and execution systems. So you know, right? Automation, robotics, IoT, and all all those stuff. When we came to Southeast Asia, we thought those would work here. Um, But however, after a quick, uh, you know, a considerable amount of time that we spent uh, studying the market, uh, we we kind of learned and realized that the market wasn't ready for this yet, this level. And but however, at the same time, we we realized a huge opportunity and a huge addressable market um, of, 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 of local SMEs who is in need of digitization. So that's where we started with a very simple mere warehouse management software, a WMS, right? Um, and, and Patrick, let me tell you this. We've got our first two customers, right? In Malaysia, the first two customers bought a WMS from us before we even have a WMS proper. So we don't have a software and, and they gave us a contract, right? And, and so we did, we, we use the capabilities that we have from all the, the, the work that we've been doing with CJ Logistics and all those guys. And we put together a quick WMS and we delivered. And we saw the major transformation, right? So so from WMS, and then what happened then very quickly was fast forward to 2020 was COVID, right? And the pandemic locked down everybody. And I think think it has upended the entire global supply chain, right? Um, And and one of the key things that happened in Southeast Asia very actively was e-commerce, right? So e-commerce took the fastest pace ever, right? You know, lightning speed, right? It was moving at lightning speed and we pivoted very fast from a mere warehouse management software. And here's how the whole cloud supply, how the whole platform comes together, right? From a mere... WMS, we pivoted the product into connecting. We first connecting with the ERPs of the world, like Oracle, SAPs, um, uh, make it EDI and API ready. We were connecting to all the major marketplaces very quickly. Um, basically, the plan to connect with the, the marketplaces was basically fast track two years, twenty four months. Imagine in our product timeline, right? Fast track twenty four months. Um, we connected and and uh, and then we connected with the last mile delivery guys. Uh, we had our own last mile delivery module, um, and before we know it, and we 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 came out with a uh, uh, we basically developed into our product roadmap uh, a, a new product that that manages the marketplace. So it was a marketplace management and intelligence. So when you put these four, when we look at it, and put these four things together, right? E-commerce marketplace management orders management we're doing b2b and b2c right um, um um inventory management and warehouse management so these four key modules of the logistics and supply chain world we unified it in one technology so instead of selling it as four different products you know we we kind of saw that hey the only way to go seamless and, and you know, the whole cost savvy and all that is to basically unifying this this these four technologies together and make it work like an orchestra, right? So so that's that's what we did. And we said we, we didn't know whether it would work like that. But what I, I guess what was really interesting was we were co-creating this product um called the Cloud Supply Chain Platform with the local players in Southeast Asia. So we, we didn't we didn't build something, remember, we didn't build something and sold to them, right? We sold to our first two customers before we even have a product. And we were just downloading notes. What do you need? Why? How do you do this? How would you like to change this? And then we took all these things in and like, okay, what do we do from now, from here, And, right? what,
0: and what kind of um, uh, companies are your client companies?
1: Yeah. Uh, so our primary, our primary target uh, people that uh, companies that we work with are the retailers. And, and yes, the last twenty months, the e-commerce retailers has been a fast growing market for us. It's it's, it's amazing, you know. Um, uh, you know uh, uh, that's the first market. The second market are the distributors. Right, so so we are working with the distributors, uh, distributing into into thousands of points daily on a daily basis. So we're powering up all these uh, all these guys, um, and then um, the, the the third segment that we're working with, um, and and we're also working with them very closely as partners, uh, as part of a network distribution, uh, are the third party logistics players. So we're powering up a lot of third party logistics warehouse operators, um, and, and 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 you know when I say powering up, a lot of times people. You know, a lot of times people just thought, "Oh, so you install a software in in the warehouse?" I said, "No, it's not as easy as that. Installing a software in the warehouse, most of the time, you have more damage than than than, than good, right?" So we're like, "No, no, it's not about that. Um, it's it's really about powering up, and it's not only the software, it's not only the technology, but also the operations. It's it's, it's like a, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? The whole end-to-end transformation. Then people and operations and machines have got to work." Together, you know. I've 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 seen a lot of cases here, uh Patrick, just to share with you, um, where where they are local, the bigger boys, the slightly bigger, medium, the bigger boys, um, and and they deploy automated guided vehicles, the AGVs, right? So they deploy like 10 AGVs in their warehouse, but they don't use a WMS. So how does that work? I mean, <laughs> ASRS. And they don't have, you know, they had have whole investment on ASRS. It's a pharmaceutical company here, whole ASRS investment worth about ten or fifteen million dollars, and they don't. They, their biggest challenge today is they don't have a visibility on their inventory. I like, know how does that work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Ninety-three point nine, Dublin South FM.
0: I've heard you talking about the supply chain as um, first mile, middle mile, and um, last mile. So last mile. Your yeah. your slice really is the the middle mile, right? These players, the retailers, yeah. distributors, LSPs. They're in the the middle mile, right?
1: Mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah yeah very much in the middle mile uh we we do have we, we we do attract the the first mile especially the manufacturers right now um and what is really interesting oh yeah speaking of which what is really interesting right now over the last uh, over the last 12 months that have that that've that been having that conversation with is with the with the manufacturers and these are guys that's looking at d2c the direct to consumer approach so they're basically shifting their gears right? They're saying, hey, look, you know, we've been working with all these distributors and dealers, but because of COVID, because of, you know, uh, all these retail lockdowns, um, um we we have, we have been forced right we've been forced and pushed to basically look at uh, and, and consider strategies of how do we get our product closer to our con- to our customers our consumers right so so a lot of uh, back, we've been getting a lot of conversations around this area uh we are actually working on one or two a couple of projects uh, with directly with the manufacturers where they have basically shift they're starting to shift gears and they, they, their, their decision is hey look moving forward you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna. What's gonna happen? I mean, today we have like what Omicron, right? Maybe maybe next week they announce yeah the new variant called Decepticon, right? But but you don't know what's, what's going to happen next. So 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 they're really future proofing their and it's and it's very encouraging to see this right now yeah, in, the, in the in local within local SME space that where they are looking at really future proofing their supply chain, right? Uh, as a manufacturer, so they're saying how do I uh, deploy a strategy to do a direct to consumer? Yeah, and and, and 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 that's where. We come into okay, play. and w- will you or
0: can you uh, s- provide
1: solutions to companies outside of Southeast Asia? Uh, yeah, uh, we we do have our customers, of course, in 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 Korea uh, so far, um, and we are in all the key markets in Southeast Asia, like Vietnam, Singapore, um, Thailand, Indonesia, of course, Malaysia. Uh, we are looking at uh, we are. Currently studying the feasibility of uh, deploying it out of Southeast Asia, uh, somewhere in uh, the Canada space. So, 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 so we're talking. Um, because we are a SaaS model, um, we, 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 we could, um, do remote deployment. Um, also thanks to the lockdown, the last twenty months, uh, we thought we we're going to go out of business, but it has really pushed us to digitalize all our stuff, and, and we could now do remote deployment. So we're we're definitely looking into that.
0: So um, say, say, I'm that. a retailer and I have Mm -hmm. a distribution center, and so I'm a middle-mile player, and maybe I have several dozen retail outlets, and I've experienced a huge surge in e-commerce orders direct to consumer, and I'm kind of struggling with the physical operational challenges of that. How might I use your digital supply chain platform and your services to improve my situation?
1: Sure. Um, First things first is basically the visibility to inventory. Right. Um, and, and because so, so, so it's a, it's a very common case that we have now here uh, and that we've been helping and working with a a, a lot of uh, most of our clients in this case, uh, where, where like what you just mentioned, uh, multiple, multiple, uh, multiple channels, multiple sales channels, um, uh, brick and mortar retails falling back on e-commerce. And when they go on e-commerce, you know, the one thing, Patrick, the, the one thing very interesting that I observed and realized is when they fall back on e-commerce, um, they, they will always think that first, they always think that it's easy. And and then they started having more and more stores in the marketplace. More and every sales, every marketplace is like a sales opportunity, right? Um, and that's where the nightmare starts, right? Because they go, they will go into overselling, out of stock, and all that. Um, so, so so that's where we come in and we say, hey, look, you know, um, first is basically to streamline, right? So 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 sign up to the platform, right? We'll set you guys up. Uh streamline first is to streamline all your channels, right? Whether it's B2B, web store, brand.com, uh, multiple marketplaces, um, um or even your retail outlets, right? So you streamline all this and you centralize. So you're looking at it like a control tower view, right? So you centralize um, um, all these orders, centralize all these orders into Operato, which is a cloud supply chain platform, to the platform. And then basically these orders get kicked into the fulfillment process, right? So the fulfillment process, uh, uh, one of the things that we 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 have been getting more and more of these cases is where they have multiple distribution points, right? And it's also multiple distribution points. We also have multiple distribution points across border, right? So one in Singapore, one in Malaysia, but it's the same brand, it's the same retail guy, right? And he's saying, how do I streamline this right now, right? Uh, orders coming from Singapore, the orders goes into the Singapore fulfillment, right? So 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 we're we're doing we're doing this right now. Um, uh, we're helping. Uh, I think I guess the sim the, the the easiest way to put it is we we're helping our uh, our partners, our clients uh, on the retail side to basically first streamline their Chills channels, moved it all towards um, consolidating all the orders, centralized it, and then put it in back to their fulfillment um, uh, based on all the inventories uh, 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 space, right? Um, and how they pick, pack, and ship it out to their end customers, right? Um, and all this is done in one single platform, um, like a control tower view.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so that's so, that, that's, so that's the information side of it. In in the operations of your clients, are 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 clients moving to automate their fulfillment centers, or are they mostly still conventional, you know, manual order picking and so on?
1: Uh, it all starts with conventional manual right? Um, so there's a lot of manual labor. There's a lot of human decisions. Right? Uh, and, and and so you know, commerce, E-commerce yeah. has
0: lots of implications for that. You know, it makes it more. Yes. yes price
1: huge price. implications, right? Because because it comes in so fast that, that you, you totally, you know, and 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 thanks to the lockdown as well, you know, uh, because of the lockdown now, you know, we used to only have like 11, 11 and chop 12, 12, right? As the big sale day, you know, that the Lazada days, right? And, but today because of the lockdown, there's like two, two, three, three, four, four, every month, there's a, People just take opportunity out of that, right? Um, and 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 there's going to be a, you know, the, the the floodgate of orders is going to open and it's going to just come in, and, and that's where the nightmare begins, right? So 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 yes, huge implications. Uh, uh, and, and right now what I'm observing here is a lot of e-commerce retailers, as particularly the retailers that on e-commerce, uh, a lot of e-commerce retailers are really um, moving very fast. They're really moving real fast. To ensure that right from the mo right from the order point and all the way to the shipped out point, it's all streamlined. It's all streamlined, it's all controlled. Um, and, and there is a clear visibility of how um, the SKU moved from point A to point B. Yeah, and the pickback ship process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we are looking at um uh, a, a, I shall call it the first level of automation, if, if you like, you know, uh, where they moved out from manual labors into a system guided operations. Um, uh, The next level, which we are starting to see also is where they are now um, less dependent on human decisions. So the so so what one of the jokes here is basically always uh, on a daily basis is we always tell the bosses you know you can go play golf now we don't need your decisions the data makes the decisions right so <laughs> it's fine the system makes the decision yeah so so so, so we're seeing the shift uh, to uh, 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 from human decisions to uh, making decisions based on data right because now there's there's more and more people looking at data um, and, and and then of course you well hopefully hopefully I would say that maybe the next two to three years we will start to see um, more and more of the automation moving far towards more uh towards the side of you know um AGVs, um IoT, pick to lights, put the lights and all that. Yeah. But as of now, I, I guess, you know, the of course the 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 other the other parameter to consider is basically the volume of orders, right? If you don't have a big volume of orders, you really can't, there's no, you can't make sense of the ROIs of all this investment.
0: Yeah. Sure. Very very, very interesting. So as we, we come into the last um few minutes of mm-hmm. the interview, we might just change tack slightly. And uh, I might just ask you a little bit about, about yourself. So, you know, when you're not thinking about um, digital platforms and uh, uh, e-fulfillment and so on, what kind of things do you like to do in in your spare time
1: Uh, or do you have any spare time (laughs) given time? No, 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 no. (laughs) Over the last couple of years, uh, you know, as I grow as I grow older (laughs) over the last couple of years, um, you know, I've, Patrick, I have, I have two boys, right? I've have, I've have, I've have, I have two boys, uh, Zachary and Tedious. Uh, one is seven, and the other one is five five years old, right? And and I and, and it was really it was really when my second son was born, and I told myself, you know what, you know, it's it's time to not 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 slow down. At my age, I, I there's no such thing as slow down, right? But it's time to make time. And intentionally and purposefully make time, right? A key word there is to be really intentional with things. As much as I'm always intentional in work and in my business, um, I, I I it was a point in time uh, when when my second son was born, and I said, hey, look, it's really time to be intentional with the family, right? And this is not just play play, you know. It's like, hey, there's two boys and a wife, right? You gotta take this seriously, dude. So so um, I make time for 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 the family. Uh, and and to your question, uh, I'm 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 a triathlete. So, so I swim, bike, and run. Um, it is only in the, when I'm in a pool doing my two kilometers of laps uh, or in my bike when, I was, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm anchored to the aero bars and, and doing 100 kilometers. Um, that's where I don't think about work. That's the only, uh, okay, apart from cooking, apart from making dinners, that, that 15 minutes because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lazy husband, right? So I make very quick dinners. So apart from cooking, um, sw- swimming, bike, and run, uh, you know, training for, for, for a race, um, it's really what takes me off work totally, and I don't think digital, and I don't bother whether someone goes going out of stock or oversell. <laughs> that's a good that's a good yeah.
0: balance. Are you Are you reading anything or listening to anything at the moment that you find particularly inspirational that
1: you might like to share? There's one that I'm reading, which is uh, Start with Why by Simon Sinek. Uh, very simple. Uh, book. Um, the other one that I, I'm, I'm, I am currently reading is um Robin Sharma recently recently published a, a a book. Uh, and it's called the Manifesto of the Everyday Hero, and it's a very nice uh a short chapter. Uh, the small little nuggets that you know one day. Uh, every reading session you can pick up about three three chapters on on a go, um, and it kind of like. Put your mindset at a proper yeah. So so manifesto of the everyday hero by Robbie Sharma is really good. Yeah. Excellent.
0: And where can people find out more about uh, you and your company and your services?
1: Sure. Um I'm I'm available on LinkedIn. Uh Bernard Hoare. Uh you can you can find me there on LinkedIn. Uh or you can visit our company's so website at hatio.asia Yeah, that's hatio.asia okay, so hatio. h-a-t-i o t
0: i-o dot. That's right.
1: That's right, okay. H-A-T-I-O dot Asia.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then your name on LinkedIn, you're Bernard Hoar, H-O-R, isn't that right?
1: Okay, wait. On LinkedIn is my Korean surname, which is H-A-R, Bernard Hoar. <laughs> okay, very good. Yeah, I guess.
0: So, um, <laughs> well, thank you very much, Bernard, for, for being here with us today. It was a pleasure, as, as, uh, as always, and I wish you the very, very best
1: for the future, both professionally and personally. Thank you so much, Patrick, for having me on the show. And I really, really look forward to learning more from you. You're very, very welcome. Uh, Thank
0: you also to our listeners uh, for tuning in. And for any comments or questions, just drop me a line on pdaily, that's P-D-A-L-Y at albalogistics.com. So keep well and stay safe until next time.